So, so we go to this funeral, and I did not know this woman. I think I had met her a couple times, but been a number of years had passed. Uh, didn't know much about her life at all. Uh, and so we go to this funeral, uh, and they had church. And uh, it, it was amazing. They, they had church, and they didn't sing the traditional uh, funeral songs that we sing. They, they sang because he lives. It was Easter coming, and the family wanted to celebrate the resurrection of their, their mother. And so they sang, he lives, an amazing grace. And they, everybody sang, congregation sang. It was pretty interesting. The preacher was a Baptist. That was, that was kind of interesting. You're watching Baptists do that? You know, what's the matter with me? Slap me. Okay. How many of you are Baptists? I just offended you. I apologize. Quit it. All right, yeah, all right. So, so anyway, they had a funeral. It's a great funeral, great funeral. I mean, and, and the, the pastor got up there and preached a tremendous message uh, about salvation, about the Lord, and what her, her cousin would have wanted uh, to, uh, him to preach about. He, he picked up her Bible, and uh, she had written, there were so many things in her Bible uh, passages that she had written down and everything. It was almost like you knew her and you didn't know her. It was interesting. So if somebody picks up your Bible, can they find out or figure out who you are by reading your Bible? It's really interesting. Uh, and then different people got up and said, hey, when any time that we need to call her for help, she always read a scripture. Yes. And I walked out of there and I, I felt good about it. And, and, and I was talking to the Lord. I was praying. Went in the car and sat down and I was praying and, and uh, I, I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why, why do people fear like they fear? Why, why do people who call themselves Christians fear? When Jesus says, do not fear, okay, why, why do they fear? Here was the Lord's response to me. He said, because most people in churches believe in a myth and they see salvation as a myth. So therefore, it doesn't, it doesn't help them at all. Because when you can't have faith in a myth, and you can't believe in a myth. And I said, well, that's interesting. You know, and so I go into a gas station and put my credit card in the gas station. I mean, in the gas pump. It's declined. And I'm going, oh, I know that's a good credit card. Wow, what's going on? And so I called the credit card company up, and they said, are you at Circle K in Bloomington, Illinois? And I said, I am. They said, they just hit your card for $151. I said, whoa. You know, and I said, no, that's not me. But they had just hit my card when I put it in. And it was just amazing that my credit card picked it up and declined it just like that because they figured that, that wasn't going to work. I went in that place, young, young man. Uh, was there, and I said, hey, uh, you declined my credit card. He said, yeah, yeah, we did. I said, that's because you hit it for $151. And he said, oh, oh, he said, I'm sorry. And so he said, you need to speak to my manager. He got really, really upset with me right there. Now, I should be the one upset. So I'm thinking, there's something wrong with this picture. So anyway, you know, so he gets really upset. He calls the manager. And uh, so the manager talks to me. 
manager knows it's a lady, and he know, she knows that, that I know what's going on. And, and here is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, now, is salvation that you have a myth, or is it truth? And I looked at the young man. I said, hey, if I offended you, I apologize. He said, well, you offended me, and you need to apologize. Boy, that'll do something to you. Especially a type A like me. And the Lord said, is it a myth or is it real? Is it a myth or is it real? And so here, I'm, and so then I look at different things. And this is what God says about a myth. He said, it's hard when you serve two masters. Okay. Now, in Luke chapter 4, and they're going to bring it up, I'm just going to read it from the Word, and I'm going to read to you verse 3. Luke chapter 4, verse 3. They're going to bring it up, but I'm going to read it from my Bible. And the devil says to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, or on bread alone. Now, now the, the, the interpretation of that in the original manuscripts is not this. It's not, if you are the Son of God. The original is, since you are the Son of God. Since you are the Son of God. See, because the devil knows who he is. He knows that he's the Son of God. You see, here, here's the thing we got to look at. Before Christ, there is no man who was able to walk perfect before the law. No man. Not Moses, not Isaiah, not Jeremiah, not Daniel. There was no man who was able to walk perfect before the law. And so what we have now is that we have Jesus Christ, who has left heaven has come into this earth as a babe born in Bethlehem of Judea, and we like Christmas, and we celebrate Christmas, and I like Christmas and celebrating Christmas, but he comes, and when he comes, he comes in as humankind. And when he comes in, he comes in 100% man and 100% God, but he is going to now be in the appearance and the likeness of man. And he's going to walk on this earth and minister on this earth, listen to me, just like I'm doing right now. Just like any man that gets up to preach is doing. He he is God. And so here's an interesting thing. If if the devil can talk Jesus in into turning the stone into bread, Jesus is going to go through his deity to get that done. And as soon as he does that, we have no salvation. It's an interesting thing. Now, we're, she's going to pull up verse 6. Now watch this in verse 6. Let me find verse 6. Boy, the print in this thing is little. And he led him, let's see. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this dominion and its glory, for it has been, now watch this, 
hand it over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Interesting there, isn't it? So then you look at this, and Jesus answered him, It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, in verse 3, since you are, and he, he says, since you are, and, and so he said, you can stern the, uh, turn these stones to bread. And all he wants him to do is just lay down his, his robe of humanity, pick up his deity. He says, all this authority I will give you. He's speaking to the creator, by the way. That's interesting. He's speaking to God who is the creator. Now, the authority that has been given to him wasn't given to him by God. Isn't that interesting? The authority that was given to him was given to him by man, not God. And so listen to what the devil's saying to him. The devil's saying this. He said, now, I will give you all of this authority that has been handed over to me. Now, what does, God, what, what does Jesus have to do? Okay, so he's got to lay down his robe of humanity. Now I'm going to look at verse 9. Okay, and he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, or since you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and such and such, Psalms 91. And what, what the devil's trying to do is get Jesus to lay down the robe of humanity. Now, Jesus is going to lay down the robe of humanity. But he's going to nail it to the cross. He's going to nail the robe of humanity to the cross, and he's going to nail every one of your sins to the cross because he's going to become sin. He's going to take sin upon himself, and he's going to take it to the cross. Now, it's an interesting thing that we have a man now that works and operates in righteousness, okay, and this man called Jesus, his name is Jesus, is going to fulfill the law to a T in his human form. Isn't that amazing? Now, this is interesting. Now, I want her to turn over to Matthew chapter 27 and verse 17. This is something that I looked at and I'd never seen before. Maybe there's many ministers who have seen it before, but I'd never seen it before. And it just got a hold of me. Verse 17. And Pilate, so when the people gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called to Christ? Interesting thing. So I thought, you know what? I don't know much about Barabbas. I need to look up Barabbas. And, and do you know what, what Barabbas' first name was? I bet, does anybody here know what his first name was? He had a first name. Jesus. His name was Jesus Barabbas. Now, maybe some of these theologians knew that, but I had never studied that before to get a hold of that. Jesus Barabbas. Now, listen to what he says. He says, who do you want me to hand over to you? Jesus Barabbas, Barabbas or Jesus the Messiah? Now, that's interesting. So I thought, well, let me, let me look up some things here. And so I, I looked up the name of Jesus. I mean, I looked up the name of Barabbas, and it's Bar hyphen Abba. And interesting thing is, Bar stands for iron, okay? And Abba stands for father. 
Isn't that interesting? Iron father. He was an insurrectionist. He was a murderer. He had committed all kinds of crimes against humankind and the state. This this man, we would say, was incorrigible. We would say, this man can't change. Now, my dad preached a message one time a long time ago that stuck with me because I believe it. He said that Barabbas got saved. I believe that he did get saved, okay, because of what Christ did at the cross for him. But here's what, here's what the, the, uh, Pilate says to them. He says, do you want iron father or do you want, listen to this, Christ Messiah? And you know what they said? They said this. Now listen to what they said. They said, give us iron father. And that's what the world is saying today. The world is saying the same thing today. Russia has went into the Ukraine and committed all kinds of atrocities. People, that's not new. Been doing that down through the years. It's an amazing thing. Totalitarianism, Marxist, Marxism, communism, socialism. You know what that is? It's iron. It's iron. It's iron. I can't get a hold, I can't get a hold in my brain why women today would even dare associate themselves to Islam. As hard as they are on women. It it, it is a, I can't believe it. Yet our our correspondent women will go over there and put something on their head. It's amazing to me. Listen to what the world is saying. And the United States, we want Iron Father. And something about Iron Father, Iron Father uses a rod, but he doesn't use the rod of righteousness. He doesn't use the rod of holiness. He doesn't use the rod of judgment. He uses the rod of iron to be a god. It's an amazing thing. And Pilate said, who do you want? Oh, hey, listen. The sinners did not say, release unto us Barabbas. The church did. Pastor, the church did. The Pharisee did. The high priest did. Incited the Jewish people against Jesus. And the Jewish people at that time that represented Christ himself, said, give us iron father. We are saying those things today. I'm going to go on here. It's amazing because I'm going to bring Easter into this thing. And I know that you're going to have a hard time. I, I read sometimes Facebook because people send stuff to me. I do not respond I responded one time in Facebook, and that was to Marie Jones. Because Marie, Marie put something really, really, really nice on Facebook about her husband. And it just, boy, it was nice. I was going to have my wife read it, but I didn't. You know, just teasing on that one. But I did respond to Marie, but I don't respond to Facebook because people put trash on there amazing and and it's amazing to me how many people that call themselves christians want iron father it's amazing to me how many 
people that call themselves Christians use filthy language on Facebook. I'm looking at that. Wow, that's horrible. So this is on Facebook. This is interesting. Now, this, this lady wants a non-biblical perspective of the resurrection. Interesting. Here it is. I have always loved and celebrated Easter. It is my favorite holiday. I know the answer. I know the Christian answer, and I know the biblical answer. But why did God make it so hard? This is good. I know God created the world. I know God created the conditions of salvation. There's where she got in trouble. The conditions of salvation. How many of you know there are no conditions? Okay. I know God created the conditions of salvation. So why did God make our path to heaven so hard? <laughs> this lady is a Christian. Why did Jesus have to die and then be resurrected? It gets better. It gets better. Now listen to what she said. I don't understand that. Number one, Christ is the only one who is blameless. Number two, this, is my, it, it, this would have been my answer, but I didn't give it to her. Okay. Christ is the only one who is blameless, who takes the sin of the world. He is both God-man, and, and, and he is the fulfillment of all prophecy. Now listen to what she said. I just can't fathom it. Perhaps there is no earthly answer. You think? Hello? You think? To prove, as a Christian, she thinks it's all a myth, the Lord said to me. Because listen to what she said. Here's her conclusion. Maybe somebody can give me a non-biblical answer that makes sense. Think of that one. Chew on that one. She's a born-again Christian, she says, but she believes that heaven is a myth. She has nothing to hold on to. And now her last response was this. I hope she's watching Facebook today. Her last book is this. There's no earthly answer. She says her conclusion. Perhaps a bunny delivering eggs is easier to explain. And then she goes through a lot of words I don't want to use on here. So I didn't even write them down. Here's the thing. She sees God as a myth. And she is a so-called Christian who holds to the man of iron. She, her father is the iron man. How many of you understand that it was the church that said, release unto us Barabbas, and then they killed the Christ, not knowing that they was just filling prophecy. And so she said, maybe eggs are easier. Now, now here, here's what we need to understand. And I want you to see this. 
because I'm, I'm starting to stutter, and I don't like stutter. Okay. Jesus walked blameless as a man. Not God, not a myth, but as a man. So there is no non-biblical answer to explain the Lord. There is no non-biblical answer to explain anything about God's Word because only the Holy Spirit will explain to you the Word of God. How many of you understand that there might be some of you in here who are afraid to die? If you are, then you might just believe in a myth. How many of you understand that if fears and anxieties get a hold of you and take a hold of your life, you might see the Bible and God as a myth? And if you do, you can change that thing this morning because this is Resurrection Sunday and God can bring a newness into your life and into my life that will last us a lifetime. Somebody say amen to that. Praise the Lord. The blameless man took the stripes for my healing. The blameless man went to Calvary for my salvation. The blameless man rose on the third day so that I will be resurrected. Somebody say amen to that. Listen to me. The blameless man. Who was the blameless man? His name is Jesus. His name, it, it was, it, we, we say his name was Jesus. No, his name is Jesus. Everybody say, his name is Jesus. He rose on the third day. He rose on a Sunday morning, never to die again, but to be alive forevermore, sitting at the throne of God's right hand, which we someday will also share with him. Somebody say amen to that. That's the answer. Let me tell you something. It's a hard life the blame, if you can't believe in the blameless man. This blameless man goes to Calvary. And when he goes to Calvary, he has already taken the stripes for our healing. So if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let the church anoint with oil. Offer up the prayer of faith, and the sick one shall be healed. And if they have committed sin, they shall be forgiven. It, 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 how many of you believe that? Confess your sins one to another that you might, but might be healed. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The blameless one went to the cross. And when the blameless one went to the cross, he destroyed all myth. He destroyed heaven. I mean, he destroyed hell. He destroyed death. He said, I have got that. When he went into the lower parts of the earth, he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And he come up out of there victorious. The blameless man. Who is the blameless man? His name is Jesus, and he is explained to thoroughly in the Word of God. There are no non-biblical scholars that can teach us anything about this man. This man goes to the cross, and when he goes to the cross, he is bleeding out. He is going to die, and when he dies, he's going to take the robe of humanity, which means he's not going to die no more. He's going to die one time, and he's going to lay down that robe of humanity, and when he lays that young robe of humanity. He's going to nail it to the cross. He's going to take every single one of your sins, every one of my sins, everyone who's going to commit sins in the future and also the sins in the past. He's seen it all before the foundation of the world is ever laid and he nailed it to the cross. 
Hallelujah. And Jesus said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so must the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, people, I'm one of those foolish people that believe that Jesus was three days, amen, in the heart of the earth. And we, we got Jesus laying in the heart of the earth for a day and a half, and we can explain it away, and everybody can say amen until the cows come home. But Jesus said the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and that's exactly what he did. And what he was doing, he was destroying principalities. He was destroying death itself and the darkness. And listen to what he did. He led the captive free. Who were the captive? They were the ones that was in paradise because they could not go to heaven. Why? Because the blood of Jesus hadn't covered them. But the blameless man went to the cross. And in John 19, 30, listen to what he said. He said, it is finished. Hallelujah. And when he finished that thing, he went into paradise and listened to what he did. I love this. He took, them, he took them out of paradise, the captive. But he didn't just take them. He took this guy. Come on. He took this guy. He took this guy. Come on. He took this woman. By his stripes, she's been healed. My goodness. He took them. He took you out of hell. He took me out of hell. You can sit down now. He took us out of hell. Listen, he came to life. He rose from the dead. This is an amazing thing. They had killed him. He went to the cross. So in Matthew 28, verse 2, watch this. I'm going to go over there. 28, 2. She's going to bring it up, but I'm going to read it. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. Stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away. I kind of got away from what I wanted, but I'm going to do that. See, on the third day, he rose from the dead. After he goes into the center part of the earth, he leads the captive uh, to heaven, and then he comes up out of the grave. Luke 24, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, that's Sunday morning, by the way, for all you Adventists, it's okay. If you want to worship on Saturday, that's fine. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain of the, uh, of the women went and came to the tomb bringing spices because they expected to see a dead man, which they had prepared. But in verse 2, but they found the tomb empty and the stone rolled away. Now we're going to go back to Matthew 28, verse 2. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And the door opened so that they could get in. Not so Jesus could get out. Because here's what I want to show you. We think that Jesus come out of that tomb. Jesus never went back into that tomb. Jesus died. And when he descended into the lower parts of the earth, 
In three days, he ascended. He never went back into that tomb. That tomb was empty and that stone rolled away so that this girl that don't understand salvation could get in there and see that there's a Christ who is alive forevermore. That stone was rolled away so you and I could get in there and look as Peter and John and all of them looked and the stone was rolled away. They came expecting to find a dead body. They brought the spices and everything, the embalming. They, they was going to do it all. But listen, the stone was rolled away, but the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. Because when Jesus died, he never went back to that grave. He went into the lower parts of the earth, but when he arose, he arose and he took the captive who were in paradise and he took them to heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. There was a great earthquake that took place. Why? Because the angel of the Lord, when he ascends and he does different things, descends and does different things, there's going to be a shaking like you've never seen before. I hope there's a shaking in this church when Doc comes that is going to leave us speechless but wanting more. I hope when this revival takes place that we're so hungry hungry for God, we're going to say we don't want this thing to end. Listen to me. There has to be a hunger inside of you. There has to be a hunger inside of me like we've never had before. Listen, I don't want Barabbas, Iron Father. I want Jesus Christ, Messiah, that died on the cross for my sin, took the stripes for my healing, rose on the third day, praise God, on the 40th day ascended unto the Lord. On the 50th day he sent back his Holy Spirit. That's who I want to serve. That's who I serve. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's Jesus that I know. Matthew chapter 28 verse 6. Listen to what he says. I like this one. <laughs> Make you want to shout. 28 verse, verse 6. I got this Bible Tony got me. Preach out of it every now and then, but I need more powered glasses. Verse 6. Where, yeah, I know what it says. Thank you, Kathleen. He is not here. Now I lost it. Thanks, Kathleen. Verse 6. He is not here. All the help I'm getting. <laughs> he is not here, for he is risen. Just as he said, come see the place where he was laying. For he is risen. He is forevermore. He is risen. Because he lives, we can face the future without fear. Because what he did at the cross, listen, he did for all humankind. He didn't do for some and not the other. Listen, he did for all of us. Listen, I want you to hear this. He is not a myth. He is real. Heaven is not a myth. It is real. Hell is not a myth. It is real. The Lord is the Savior. He is the life of who we are. In John chapter 19, verse 30, it is finished. Now, this is really interesting. You've heard this before. But when he uses the word finished, it means perfecter. But most of the time, it means deity perfection. But when he says in John chapter 19, verse 30, it is finished, 
It's not deity perfection. It is a blameless man. <laughs> How many of you get that? A blameless man went to the cross and died. And the devil could not defeat him. He was filled with the Spirit of God. He understood the Word. He knew who he was. And this blameless man called Jesus goes to the cross for the man they call Barabbas, the Iron Man. Isn't that amazing? And he goes to the cross. On one side are two, two malefactors or two robbers. The one on the left is making fun of Jesus because he would rather have the Iron Man. But the one on the right said, remember me this day in paradise. He did that. You know why? Because he saw the perfect blameless man at the cross. And the perfect blameless man at the cross, the devil did everything in his power. Because the Bible says he left him and came back for a more opportune time. The more opportune time was in Gethsemane. And here's an interesting thing that we don't understand. Listen, Jesus was wanting to get to the cross. He wasn't trying to not get to the cross. When he says, Father, Father, not my will but yours, he, listen, listen to what he's crying out. He's saying, man, I'm bleeding out. How am I going to get there? I'm already starting to bleed in the garden. I need to get to the cross. If he doesn't get to the cross... We're all in trouble. And there he is. He's under the load of the cross. And he's fallen under the load. But guess what happens? A Roman soldier, here you go, gets a sinner, the Cyrenian. Simon the Cyrenian. And Jesus Christ locks arms with that old sinner. And they place that cross on their backs. And that old sinner didn't want to do that. And together, Jesus and that old cross walked down that road going to Calvary. He didn't, pardon, he didn't partner with the Pharisee or the Sadducee. He partnered with an old sinner. And that old sinner, by the time he got to Calvary, he was already saved. And if you don't believe it, listen. And when the Holy Ghost came, there were the Cyrenians there. And Rufus, the Cyrenian, was the son of, of, of Simon. And Simon paired up with Jesus. By the time they got to the cross, he's already understanding, boy, there's something going on here I don't know about. And he does that, boy. He's walking down that road to Calvary with that sinner. He paired up with the sinner. Then he gets to that cross, and the sinners put him on the cross. And when they lifted him up, listen to what? That old centurion said, surely this is the Son of God. Surely, he said, this is the Son of God. Jesus partnered with the sinner. It was the church that wanted the iron man. And it's the church. Listen, if our churches would get in revival today, all of us, Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, Charismatics, Presbyterians, Catholics, if we'd all get together and we'd come back to Jesus Christ, man, we'd turn this world upside down, turn it around every which way but loose. But we can't, and why is that? Because, listen, we want the Iron Man. Who do you want? Do you want Barabbas or Jesus? Jesus Barabbas, or do you want Jesus the Messiah? And they said, release unto us Barabbas. 
In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 6, he's not here, for he has risen. Come see the place where he lay. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. That story hasn't changed. It's still the same. It's still the same. Now, there's no biblical answer for this girl. Only one. And his name is Jesus. So Paul teaches us something. She's going to pull it up in Romans 8, 9, and 10. Listen to what it is. I want to tell this girl on Facebook, it's not hard. And there's no conditions. If there was, I'd be a failure. I wouldn't be able to preach this word. I'd be lost forever. But he looked past all of my sin. And he took it to the cross anyway. And there he nailed it to the cross. And that old devil says, we finally got him. You see, Jesus is just trying to get to the cross. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me that. He's just trying to get to the cross. He don't want to, it's not that he don't want the cross. He's just trying to get there. And so the Lord said, hey, I got a, somebody to partner up with you. Who's that, Father? That's that old sinner, if you'll take him. And that old sinner in Jesus. That's how Jesus gets to the cross, Pastor Atkins, the sinner. And then them sinners raised him up. And listen what happens. That old devil says, well, we finally got him now. Let's kill him. The Bible says that death, the Bible says that hell follows death. Read in Revelation. The fourth, the, 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 uh, the uh, second horse is death. No, I mean the fourth horse. I'm sorry. The fourth one. And, and, and he, 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 it says this. It says that death, that Hades, hell, follows right behind death. So what you have is you have death looking at Jesus on the cross. And you have hell right behind him. And, and the old devil says, now take that javelin. That javelin of death. And run it right through his heart because we got him. We got him. Jesus is hanging on that cross already beaten. The Bible says you wouldn't recognize him. Everything about him, I don't even want to go through all that. But that old devil takes that javelin. That old death takes that javelin. Runs it through his heart. And when he runs it through his heart, Jesus says, Father, it's over. It's finished. I did it as a blameless man. Walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. Walking in the power of God. I did it as a blameless man. And all of a sudden, then everything just went right down into hell. Jesus goes into the lower parts of the earth Death goes into the lower parts of the earth. The devil goes into the lower parts of the earth. And there Jesus receives the keys of death, hell. And he takes those keys and listen to what he did with those keys. When he brought those keys, there's no good to him in heaven. He gave those keys to the church. And when he come up out of the grave, he gave to you and I the keys to the kingdom of God. Say amen to that. And guess what? You're never going to feel the pain of death. Jesus was the last man of God to feel the pain of death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? The sting of sin is the law. And the blameless man who was perfect inside of the law 
went to the cross and there he took the robe of humanity. He nailed it to the cross there. He took the sins of the world and he took them into hell where they belong. And let me tell you, when he arose from the dead, he arose with victory. Understand, he rose from the dead never to die again. And listen, we will taste death, but we will not taste the sting of death. And we will rise again. And listen to what it says. We might be here when Jesus comes. We might be. So what does he say? Here's what I'm going to say to the woman on Facebook. I'm going to say to her, Sis, it is hard to live in two worlds. And you're living in two worlds, and you might be living in two worlds. Get ready for the communion, okay? I'm going to be done in about five minutes or less. Okay. She's living in two worlds. She's living in the world of the Iron Man. Does anybody get that? And she's living in another world she calls Christianity, which she sees as a myth. I hope she sees this today. And some of you might be living that way. If you are today, get rid of that. Do not live that way. It's hard to live two lives. Let me finish this up. And Paul said to the Romans, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, have you got it up? And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, no steps, no conditions. Non-conditional. It's interesting. Just confess and believe. A myth will fade away when you need it in time of trouble. But the power of God will be in your life forever. Who do you choose this day? Would you stand with us, please? Who do you stand? Who, who, who do you choose this day? Do you choose Jesus Barabbas? Iron Father? Or Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world? Which do you choose? Because you'll have to choose that. The Jews chose Barabbas. The world today, the church today has chose Barabbas. Listen, I, 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 I say this because I believe it. Listen to me, people. Even though it's a norm in our world today, and these kids are growing up in this norm, I want you to hear it. Abortion is still murder. It's still slaughter. Homosexuality will not enter into the gates of heaven. That, that sin won't. But that person could. How many of you understand that? Listen to what it says. It says, do you, who do you choose? Do you choose Barabbas, Iron Father, or Jesus, the Savior of the world? The world today chooses Barabbas. The church today chooses Barabbas. But see, I choose Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, here's what you need to know. He's not only my Savior, but He's my healer, my, my deliverer. And He's my resurrector. Doris, if you would come to the piano. And I want to shout this out to you. He lives forevermore. And it needs to be shouted from the rooftops, from the mountains, over the airwaves. He is alive. 
He lives. He is the answer. There is no other answer. At one time it was hard, like she said. But God took away the hard. The, the law was hard to live under. And you couldn't. But salvation, God give us Calvary. God give us Jesus. He give us the righteousness of the Father. He give us Jesus who became the unblemished lamb. Took away our sin. Filled us up with himself. Here you go. You want to move out? It was hard. Not no more.